Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is The Rich Eisen Show. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We just got the Roku Channel its first ever sports Emmy nomination for best studio <laughs> show day. The Rich Eisen Show. Don't sound surprised. I appreciate that. Act like you've been there before, which we have. Let's take one home this year. Earlier on the show, host of ESPN's First Take, Stephen A. Smith, NFL veteran and quarterback coach, John Beck. Coming up, legendary comedian and author, Stephen Wright. And now, it's Rich Eisen. What a fun conversation we just had with John Beck, the quarterback, instructor, throwing coach, throwing guru, whatever you want to say. Um, and um, and he, you know, he's got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud as his uh, part of his client group, and Zach Wilson was part of his client group before the draft, and Justin Herbert part of his client group. Just talking, just talking ball, and talking draft, and talking quarterbacks, and talking this year's draft, and these years' quarterbacks in particular with John Beck was amazing. If you missed that conversation, so many different ways to to cover it. Um, there's uh, this right right here on this this feed through the Roku channel. We're live streaming right now on channel 210 on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices, select Samsung smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, also uh, free on the Roku app because the Roku channel's free within it. And the Roku channel.com, channel 210, as soon as we're done, we re-air. Uh, there's our podcast version of this show. I think we kind of just did like an hour-long podcast really with John did. Beck. Kind of old school. That was awesome. That was you hardcore, like, deep ball talk. Loved that's it. what this is about, Loved right? It. We're in that time of year. Loved it. That was awesome. I was in this time of year. The, the draft is in uh, is 15 days from now. This is when I get excited. Brockman knows I hate mock draft talks in the first week of February. <laughs> Just like, what's the point? Now is when yeah. I want that. Two weeks out. So, so there's a podcast version of the show all three hours every single day through the Cumulus Podcast Network where all your podcasts can be acquired. Uh, and then there's also uh, our Twitter feed, our YouTube feed. And that in particular is what you need to stay tuned to for the Rich Eisen Show uh, Twitter feed and YouTube feed. Because what we just did with John Beck essentially was the first edition of our new segment called From the Combine to the Draft, sponsored by Noble, which is a training brand for people who work hard, don't believe in excuses. Noble's performance footwear, apparel, and accessories are worn by some of the fittest athletes on earth and is now the official Combine training partner of the NFL 
and the official on-field supplier of apparel and headwear for the NFL Scouting Combine. Go to nobleproject.com slash NFL to see how Noble forever changed the NFL Combine in a shop, football, training essentials, and more gear for your day-to-day workouts. Again, we're going to be talking about profiles and player journeys from the Combine to the draft all the way up until next Thursday. Uh, or two Thursdays from now, uh, when the draft goes down in Kansas City. So check out our Twitter feed at Rich Eisen Show, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, from the Combine of the Draft, sponsored by Noble. We just did that with John Beck, who, look, I mean, when you have the top two quarterback prospects available in the draft, he said that teams are asking him, like, what do you, if you were the general manager, what would you do? He's like, get out of here. Like, like <laughs> you're right. You know? <laughs> All right, so you have your two children, you know. If who's you're the father, who's your favorite? You know, like, honestly, honestly. But don't parents I'll, secretly really always no, have a favorite? Stop Come it. On, now you sound man. like my kids. Come on. <laughs> we know Taylor's your favorite. Yeah, Rich, we all know that. No offense to the Zan, boys. No, Zan will look at me sometimes and go, when it's just the two of us, he'll look at me and goes, I'm your favorite, right? <laughs> like, literally, my oldest will do that. <laughs> and Coop is just like sea ball hit ball. He's just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> but at any rate, I mean, I don't know. So you're saying you Taylor's gotta, your favorite. We get it. Let's move on. Stop it. Wow. You just look at C.J. Stroud and everybody else that 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 Frank Reich has coached. That's the guy. I mean, uh, that's who it looks like to me. But you're saying now all of a sudden Bryce Young strolls in there and hangs out in Charlotte for a couple of days, and now everybody, the betting favorite, if you will, is is uh, Bryce Young. All I'm saying That's is crazy talk. Vegas knows things. So after the Panthers trade, suddenly Bryce Young was the favorite. Now it's Stroud. Now we're two weeks yeah, out. Yeah. Young is visiting the Panthers. Young, now the favorite. Great chat again with um, with uh, our, our new friend, John Beck, right here on the Rich Eisen Show in studio. Stephen Wright is in our green room, the comedian from back in the day. Uh, he's got a new book out right here. I've got it. It's called uh, Harold. It's his uh, new novel right here. There's Stephen Wright, the author. And, um, you know, one of the all-time great comedians. Much like Stephen Wright, I, too, like to reminisce with people I don't know. So (laughs) this is going to be fun. I Have a Pony is one of the most famous comedy albums ever. You know, and he he had quite the run with HBO specials and whatnot. Stephen Wright will be here shortly. I'll ask him his favorite joke. Maybe we'll stroll down memory lane about being on the Carson show. I love talking to comedians about this sort of thing. Um, So... Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, Shane Steichen just spoke uh, from the Indianapolis Colts talking about, uh, was asked about Lamar Jackson, and he responded saying he's focused on the draft and focused on the players that are in the building right now. Right now. Right now. Ah, it's such a key phrase. Talking about who are the players in the building. No, he's saying right now. He didn't write now the situation. He's just talking. I'm just talking about. Right, well, as you know, there's coaching cliches. It is what it is. I don't have a crystal ball, and um, you know, I'm only talking about the players who are here. Which you usually do that when when somebody's holding out, but nobody's talking Lamar Jackson right now, anywhere. Period. They are now 15 days from the draft, and nobody is signing this guy to an offer sheet right now. They'll go through the draft and see. And plus, why are you signing him to an offer sheet right now when they just acquired Odell Beckham Jr.? Who's getting introduced tomorrow. My colleague Ian Rappaport 
at the NFL Network said he he signed with the with the belief that Lamar is coming back. And if you didn't sign Lamar to an offer sheet before, even if you were inclined to cough up two first round draft choices and two connects to uh, draft, even if you were inclined to pay him the freight that he's apparently asking for, the other narrative as to why teams didn't sign him was the Ravens are just going to match anyway. Why would you do the work? Well, now the belief I would think that the Ravens are going to match anyway is as strong as ever. They just got Odell. What do you think? They're just going to let Lamar walk. <laughs> nope. So nothing's going to happen on that front. And you could ask Shane Steichen until he's blue in the face and he'll basically just say, we're just focused on who we have here and what we're just focused on the draft because they're fourth overall. And if Adam Schefter, what he threw out there does in fact happen that the Texans do choose somebody second overall who isn't a quarterback, hold on to the pick and choose somebody who's not a quarterback. Well, then Anthony Richardson is flat out in play or CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is flat out in play fourth overall. That would be the Colts dream that they have one of those two to choose from from the current spot doesn't cost them any more draft capital to move up yeah no one's signing Lamar to an offer sheet between now and the draft we'll talk after the draft but Odell signing changes the dynamic and that's what I said before I thought it was brilliant and I know that the Ravens have been ripped by a ton of people for how expensive the contract was and for to give it to somebody who hasn't performed over a year coming off of a knee injury, looking, you know, uh, at how old he is and how, what a dreadful contract that was, according to many who definitely know football and know contracts and know salary caps. I push back by saying, if this gets Lamar to sign... If this solves the Rubik's Cube that Lamar and the Ravens have not been able to solve over the last two years, even if he does sign his tender, just two weeks ago or a week ago, the concept was never know what Lamar's thinking. If he's a man on principle, he'll just he'll just hold out on you. He won't come in from the cold. Well, now Odell's the one who's saying, come back. I'm here. And at the very least, don't disappoint my little boy. <laughs> who looks so beautiful in his Ravens 8 jersey. Like, how can you turn them down? How could you, how could you disappoint Odell's little baby? Can't. Baby. Come on. Odell's like a red roof end. We'll leave the light on for Yeah. You, you know? Motel 6. Come home. Oh, Motel 6. Whatever. Is that what it is? Whatever. Whichever one it is. <laughs> Bottom line is... I've never been either The one. signing of Odell Beckham Jr., it works on many levels. It works on the level of communicating to Lamar, we get you. And it communicates to Lamar in a manner that doesn't require the coach, general manager, or owner be the same voice in the room that hasn't worked. And also uh, to the entire community of the NFL receiving core. We're not the Bermuda Triangle of receivers. Works on every level. Bateman so, and Odell could be problematic. Right, and with the running game and Ooh. with the defense. 
Now then, Chris, we will, before turning to Stephen Wright, turn to you. Just when you thought the Heat were coming to visit, (laughs) the Miami Heat still have another basketball game to play, and it's the Atlanta Hawks that will be visiting Boston, Massachusetts this weekend to start a first-round playoff series. Pleasant surprise last night. And why does this uh, a pleasant surprise for you? Because this is going to be a sweep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay. Well, they're not a good defensive team. You know, huh? Trey Young's one of the worst defensive guards in the league, and so you know we have the bigs, we have the wings. They just we have too much firepower on offense for them to stop us. So I mean, I would expect this to be a four or five game series. In all honesty, I'm not being disrespectful. I, 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 I hear you. It was three and zero in the regular season with these teams. The, the, the regular season with this team, I would throw right the hell out. With the Celtics or the Hawks? The Hawks. And why would you say that? Because they're a different team now. They have a different coach, maybe a different mentality, That's a different true. sense in the locker room, a different sense of cohesion. Honestly, I mean, fair points. Trey Young, Dejounte Murray. Clint Capella with his unique stat line of four points, 21 rebounds. That was ridiculous. And Clint Rodman last John night. Collins. Yeah, yeah Clint Rodman. And, and John Collins. They were really impressive and last night, actually. Every time they we thought were Miami was Hunter. back in the game, uh, going to take control hey. and maybe cruise to a home win, uh, Murray hit a big shot. Capella had a nice mm-hmm. defensive play. Trey Young got to the rim. John Collins was out there doing his thing. It was an impressive victory last night, and now they have to play a real team. It's why I didn't, I, I didn't want to zig with the rest. I wanted to zag. I didn't want to choose the Bucks coming out of the East. I didn't want to choose the Celtics or the Sixers coming out of the East. And I was identifying somebody who could make a run that would shock everybody. And that's the narrative going into the Eastern Conference playoffs right now is there's no, like, good luck. Hey, Cleveland and New York. Cavs and Knicks, have a great 4-5 series. Entertain us. Go seven. You know, let's have Mitchell drop 50 in one and Brunson drop 50 in another. And let's see if Julius Randle can drop 50. Who's going to drop 50 the most? You know, like, let's go. <laughs> let's have a good – but you guys enjoy rearranging your deck chair because you're going to hit the iceberg of the top three seeds in the, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's the narrative coming in. I chose the Hawks to win the conference before the season just because I'm, I'm a big Murray fan. Him being a di- uh, in addition to a very talented team. They're just two years away from going to the conference finals. I thought right. that we could see Trey Young in a playoff series just take it over. And uh, I'm pleased to see the Hawks are in. But they're, you know, they're going up against the defending conference champs who are defending conference champs for a reason. I, I understand that, but I, I would throw out the regular. That's a very long-winded way of saying I'd throw out the regular season numbers. Plus, we don't know if the cut hand on Jalen Brown, you don't know where that cut was. Was it on the outside of his hand? Was it on his palm? That can affect his dribbling yeah, and shooting. Yeah, he, he had a pretty big wrap on at the end of the year, so, so we'll see. So did Rudy Gobert. The Timberwolves did that to themselves. They should have waited till next season to dis- suspend them. Why are you going to suspend them now? You I just mean, hurt your team you by at, not having them on the court. God, last Anthony Edwards go three for 17. That was, that was the biggest one. Yeah. I mean, just an absolute no-show in the biggest game of the year when a guy who's like on the precipice of 
launching himself into superstar. But wasn't he hurt? Isn't his elbow messed up? He did take a weird fall yeah, last it, night and kind of landed on his shoulder. I, I, yeah, were, that was that was almost really, really, really bad. bad. They it were was bad, fi- but it was almost but they really were up bad. 15. It was they 80 to 65. Prince is dropping threes. Conley. Like, come on. I thought to myself, okay, so Conley's acquisition, that's going to be the one. That, that was the one. That's, that's going to be a big difference maker. Maybe the that Lakers, nobody was talking maybe the about. Should have got him instead of. Well, D'Angelo Russell no showed last night too. Awful yeah. last night. Was he 0 for 9? If the Timberwolves just could have kept their head, don't get into a fight in the huddle. Don't punch a wall. They win that game by 15 points last night. I mean, easily. It, it, come on, like you were right there and you blew it, and they still should have won the game. Timberwolves Nuggets would be a fascinating first round series because you know even if the Pelicans advance tonight. Uh, I, we're, we're, we don't believe Zion is going to feel like Zion. Doesn't in seem time. like Zion's playing this year. How about that soundbite? Pretty good. Let me ask you this question: Can we play that one more time, if you don't mind, Mr. Hoskins, please? Because, man, I want to see him out there. Everybody come wants on, to I mean, see him come out on. there. He's a twenty-six and eight guy when healthy. I just want to see him out there. And Stephen A. Smith said earlier uh, about the soundbite you're about to hear. People aren't thinking he's jaking it. They think he's not working hard enough to avoid it. Right. That he's back here in this situation again. You'd think he'd be on some sort of, well, like, is there a TB12 system for the NBA? Yeah, whatever James Harden was on this offseason. Because you said he should yeah, get rid of the, he did this the TB12 year. system. Right. right. Let the league and assist. There we go. You no know, quiet is kept. Yeah, get rid of the honey buns. Get rid of the honey buns. And, <laughs> But here, hit it, hit it. How close are you to feeling like you'll be ready to play? Uh, I mean, physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, like when I feel like Zion. Um, you know, I, I know the atmosphere I'd be entering uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. How frustrating was the, the setback going back at February to everything that you're kind of dealing with right now? I mean, it sucks. I don't know how else to say it. I, it just sucks. Uh, I love this game. I say it over and over. Um, for those people that think that I just want to sit on the sideline just to sit over there, uh, I don't know why people think that. But, uh, nah, it sucks. I just I just want to be playing basketball, for real. I'll just say this uh, once again, and I'll front my comments that are going to sound critical. With the fact that I, I'd love to see him out there. Him with, could you imagine him, Ingram, McCollum, Valanchunas, um, Murphy, That's the squad. Jones. Yep. Just off the top of my head here. Um, top three team in the West. And Zion. You throw Zion in that mix. Okay. Like we're, they're, they're not playing in. They're not hosting the. Second night play-in game, right? Oh, they're hosting in the first round. Right, that's the idea. Yeah. Right? Let's not forget Alvarado. So, so, and, and I'd love to see him out Top there. 14. It's just he, He's just such a dynamic player when healthy. And I know that the NBA just had their collective bargaining agreement hammered out. I, I just would see, if, can you open it up again to make a rule that if you miss a certain amount of games, you're not allowed to refer to yourself in the third person? <laughs> Right, that you're 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 you must refrain from that. Or there is there? I mean, 
I wouldn't say you take somebody's, you, you lose draft choice, but maybe fine. Revoke some privileges. Is that right? Like you can find. That might be a little harsh. Like you can't miss as many games as Zion had and, and then refer to why you've missed it and when you're coming back using the third person. That's a violation, I think. Does that rule extend to Del Tufo, who missed, is Mr. Third Person? If you've missed a certain amount of days of work, yeah, yeah, you got to revoke. By the, the third. way, yeah, no, that's true. Like, I'm if going you to like, set up the USFL the next couple of days, okay, good. When so I'm back, so I'll be so back. So how many, games, how many, how many shows are you going to miss? How many shows are you going to miss? Two, but I'm, when okay. I'm back when I'm oh, let's just load back Monday. Two is not a, yeah, yeah. He's managing the load of his work. Yeah, Your work back, it's workload it's management. Work exactly. So, when so I'm what Mike, I'm I'll be back. no. So, I, so I guess my point would be. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. My point would be <laughs> that, that if he's if if his workload <laughs> management <laughs> extends way longer than expected, right? He can't refer to himself in the third person. Can't do it. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to lead by example here. <laughs> can't use third person. To show I'm the NBA what it needs to do right, with some man. of its star players. Very good. No, I mean, it depends on how many shows you miss. That's well, all. see, okay. the thing is, Rich, unlike Del Tufo, who has a very more than adequate fill-in and feller, yeah. you can't replace Zion. Zion. Yeah. They, they, they don't have anybody yeah. that's that's to pick up his road. That's true. That's true. You're unfortunately not the Zion of this equation. I'm but, the Jordan, but I mean, that's the Oh, my goodness. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> Stephen Wright is here on the Rich Eisen Show, and we come back a legend in the studio. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Joining our Rich Eisen Show Roku channel live feed. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. And look who has stopped by. One of my favorites for a long time. I've been a fan of this man who's got his first book out, a novel. I'm holding it up here just to, just to prove it existed. Harold by the great Stephen Wright here in the Rich Eisen Show studio. How are you, Stephen? Good to I'm see good, you. I'm good, Rich. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thanks I'm, for having me. You, thanks for being here. 
So uh, I don't know where to just jump in with you. So you are you're a New Englander, correct? That's yes, where you're sir. from originally. Yep. From Boston? Burlington, Massachusetts, a suburb outside of Boston. Okay. So uh, back in the day, that would make you a Red Sox fan? Is that what you are Red from back Sox, in the day? Red Sox, Bobby Orr, Bruins, Day, uh-huh. you know, like all of that. Kalia Stremski, Tony Canigliaro. That's it. 60s, early 70s. Early 70s. Jim Rice era of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. What was your first time you were in Fenway Park, Stephen? Uh, I, I don't know. My father took us... Probably, I was probably 12-ish. You know, it was so laid back then. He would come home from work. Uh-huh. It wasn't even a plan. It was like, oh, let's go to the game. You know, we'd get in the Volkswagen, <laughs> drive 45 minutes in. I mean, I sound like one of those guys, but it was like, you sit in the bleachers for like $2. Yeah. There's no one, no one was, you know, you have no, all the space. It was, it was before they became... You know, even before 67. Sure. When did you try stand-up for the first time? When did you realize, okay, were you always funny? Or you, your your understatedness was just your personality all the time? Well, this is, you know, this is just how I talk like this. But I was funny with my couple buddies mm-hmm. in school. Yes. I wouldn't, wouldn't want the classes to make the class laugh. Yeah. But I was just funny with them. And, uh... I would watch The Tonight Show all the time with Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. My brother was four years older than me, so we had to watch what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He, and so I, he, I would just watch him. And eventually, I, I, you know, everyone would be asleep, and we'd be watching Johnny. And yep. then I suddenly hooked in, like, see a guy come out and mm-hmm. talk about life and all this weird angles, funny uh, reflection of what he experienced. And I, I started to cook into that and then Johnny himself I loved it and it became like a this magical thing I really that's when I was really drawn to it mm-hmm. and I thought wow maybe I, I would like to do that maybe to be one of those guys and then speaking of the Bruins so I would listen to the Bruins on the radio mm-hmm. in bed and one night I was fooling around with a dial and I stumbled on this comedy show a guy in boston he played two comedy albums every sunday night yeah two whole albums so then i hooked into that so i'm tuning into that for like two years and i'm like studying it without knowing it yeah i'm thinking oh i like that guy oh that's it oh i don't know so then then the tonight show and carlin and then it became like my dream, like a kid wants to be a baseball player yeah. or an astronaut. And you wanted to be a comic. Yeah. So when did you, when was your first big break, Stephen Wright? When was that? Well, I went, I started doing it when I was 23 in um, Boston and in the clubs. And uh, in Cambridge, there was a Chinese restaurant comedy club called the Ding Ho Comedy Club. It <laughs> okay. was it's just this, you know, the front was a like with a, audience and everything in the bar and then the back was a Chinese restaurant and someone wrote an article about it because it was such a bizarre situation yeah and for some reason it went in the LA Times I don't know why and then Peter LaSalle who was the producer of the Tonight Show sure he saw the article and then like eight months later he was going to Boston to, his kids were going to get out of high school so he was, they had a summer trip to look at colleges New York and Boston, and he remembered the club, so he called up and he said he was going to go there, and 
he went there and 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 then he saw me and then three weeks later i was on the tonight show on the tonight show so he, it, it was like a fairy tale so you know if you didn't do your comedy in a chinese restaurant do you think you'd have been discovered steven I mean, obviously, or maybe not as quickly by... Not, not as not as quickly. What the hell is that uh, like for you to be on The Tonight Show three well, weeks after being in a Chinese restaurant? <laughs> I, I mean, what, did it, what I just say, was that... <laughs> put it that way. Was that, three, three, I don't know if that's, if that's false, if anything no, I just said was true, false. it's true. It was just the way you assembled it three weeks after. You could yeah. have said that to Neil Armstrong. Well, you're on the Chinese restaurant, then you're on the moon. Like, how do you, you know, like. Yes, one from Column A, one from Column Johnny. I mean, my gosh. From back in the day. Column Johnny. Yeah. It was surreal because they just explained how big that show was to me. Yeah. For all those years. Sure. So then to be on there, it was just magical. And I've remained friends with Peter all, all these years. You know, I mean, would I, a lot of my career has been a lot of flukes, a lot of accidents. But I mean, I know that I do what I do, but you need, there's other things involved to just for something to happen somewhere. You know, like the Chinese restaurant, the person writes the article. Why is it in the L.A. Times? The places in Cambridge, Massachusetts, the kids going to college, going summer trip. So when this you start taking off, HBO reaches out to you, and you you were one of the first to have a, a comedy special on Home Box Office, Stephen. When Carlin had them, Steve Martin. And, right. Yeah, so when I went on The Tonight Show, then everything changed. Touring, live, clubs, and then HBO, and then an album, and then playing theaters. And it was all because of Peter LaSalle and Johnny Carson. Do you got a good Carlin story, Stephen? Well, I met him several times, which was like, oh, my God, I'm talking to George Carlin. Right. He was a very regular guy. He was just a regular guy, a genius. He's a genius. A lot of people from my generation of comedians mm. have him on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, the, the amount. I think he did 18 HBOs. Mm -hmm. So even the volume and how the quality... Mm -hmm. He's one of my heroes in my whole life. So who else is on your Mount Rushmore uh, of comedians? Richard Pryor, mm -hmm. um, Dave, David Brenner, Robert Klein. Those guys, from when I was saying, when sure. I'm watching all that right. time. Right, starting out. Right. Tell me about your book, Harold. Uh, why write it? What, what, what made you want to sit down and, and come up with your first book and a novel? What made you do this, Stephen? Well, I wrote a, a fairy tale about how the beach was invented. It was in Rolling Stone magazine along 80, 1986. And every few years I would read it again. And then I thought, I should write something else. Mm -hmm. So then I was on Twitter and I started writing. I thought, I'll write a story, but I'll write it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'll write two sentences at a time mm -hmm. rather than jokes. So I kept writing it and people were leaving messages saying, doesn't he know this is for jokes? He's writing a novel on Twitter. What is, someone should explain this to him. But I didn't like the idea of the jokes on Twitter. Sure. To me, the joke is a live experience. Where the feedback from the audience, Yeah, it's a whole thing. So then I stopped writing it on Twitter, but I continued writing it anyway. Just kept going, like, 
just not knowing where it's going or anything. You know, the joke's a very distinct couple sentences through a small window right. to make the audience laugh. A concept, you know, and then the audience laughs. But I had other things in my mind that wouldn't go through that window. Mm-hmm. So I used this uh, boy, his name is Harold. I essentially like put a funnel on the top of his head and I poured everything I think about life mm-hmm. into his head. So it's like he's thinking it. No seven-year-old would really be thinking what he's thinking. Yeah. But I, I got to express basically my experience of and, and my reaction to this whole thing of having a life this so much information. You mm-hmm. know? So I got to say, say a lot of it through his mind. In a book where all books uh, can be uh, acquired on May 16th is when it, it comes out. Uh, Harold, written by Stephen Wright. Um, what is, I, I guess, uh, this may be a ridiculous question, but I'll ask it anyway. What's your favorite joke that you came up with? Do you one? Out of your vast career? One when you're I like, I oh. have a favorite joke, but it's not the audience's favorite joke. Okay. It's, I say, I went to uh, my grandfather when he died. I went to the funeral and I was kneeling down at the casket, looking at him inside the casket. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about my flashlight. And I was thinking about the batteries inside my flashlight. And then I thought, maybe, maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's just in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> like in the casket the wrong yeah, way? Yeah, you know how battery... Yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe if he was the other way, he'd be alive. <laughs> He's gone over there. I mean, you said it may not be the audience's favorite joke, but it's Chris is gone. He's your... <laughs> that happens. You put that and it doesn't work. Well, the joke is based on years. You take batteries out that are dead and you put them on the table. Then you take the new ones out of the pack and you put them on the table. Yeah. Then, you, then you go in and do something else for something. And you come back. You can't tell a dead battery from a live battery. <laughs> Just from looking at it. So, this is what you're saying, thinking at your grandfather's funeral, that if you had removed him from the casket and just flipped him over, he'd be alive? Yeah, like the batteries. Like the batteries. Now, now, now as I'm saying this to you guys, as I'm saying this to you, I don't know how or why my mind assembled... Not connected it. I don't know that part. Out of that moment. But my subconscious is like an insane factory that somehow, oh, this could be this. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm I'm, 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 I'm mandated to follow up. So is... In this equation, is your is your grandfather triple A, double A, C, <laughs> D? I mean, no one's ever asked. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I would say is nine volt is your grand, is, 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 is grandpa nine, nine volt? volt? I mean, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I never even thought of that. That's great. Well, there you go. I'm just trying to leave you in a better spot than I found you. Wow. <laughs> Did you tell that to somebody on the spot? Like at no. the funeral? Or you just you, No, you, that wasn't real. Oh, it's not real. Oh, no. oh. oh I'm sorry. You asked me uh, what was my favorite, favorite joke. Oh, okay. And I said, okay, so I'm at my father's funeral. 
Oh, you guys uh, thought that was real. Yeah, <laughs> that was real. Uh, Did you like that, uh, at, yeah. at that moment, you were like, I got to think of a joke right now. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, that's <laughs> unbelievable to think that really happened. That's a whole other perception. This is a great experience. This no one's a- ever thought it really happened. Yeah. And no one said is the AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a first for everything. First for everything. You have a question over there, TJ? No questions. It's just like, this is really surreal for me, Stephen, because, you know, I I think I discovered you way back when I was in elementary school and I was trying to, you know, listen to Eddie Murphy and Pryor and Carlin. But they, and you could just talk to me through your monitor there. But of course, they curse so much that I would get yelled at. But my mom, I could get away with listening to you because you were clean. But what I would do is I would write your jokes down in a book and I would go like fifth, sixth grade and I would do stand up based on jokes that you told. So this is really surreal to me, man, to, to see you. And just like your style, like you were just describing, when did you decide that that was the way that you were going to tell your well, jokes. Yeah, because I imagine people would be like, you're not energetic enough, you're you're really low energy or anything like that. And so. by the way, I still have four that I tell to this day almost. You do? I, yeah. Um my yeah, <laughs> growing, gro- can I say them? Yeah, growing up <laughs> growing up, my parents had a quick sandbox in the backyard. I was an only child, eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I spilled spot remover on my dog and now he's gone. That's a good um, one. That's a good there one. was one about a dude, your friend Dennis, he had, I, w- I want to be PC here, he had smaller parents, but he wasn't small, he was a dwarf, and he would pose for trophies. Yeah, he was I, the guy that, yeah. wow, that's, <laughs> ma- that's amazing. Like, so I would tell these in elementary school, wow. that's how much, so like I said, this is a trip for me right now, because I literally had a notebook, and I would write these down, yeah. because I couldn't tell any Murphy jokes at school, because, you know, I got sent to the principal's office. Wait, I've that's heard- fantastic, it's real for me to hear you say that because when you're performing writing and everything you're not thinking about a little kid in elementary school like just so to for you to tell me all that it's a whole other it's a very touching story from my point of view well that's wonderful i'm glad that you told it then tj and yeah. and, and 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 i never thought it would be touching that, that story to be told when it involves uh, apparently uh, somebody who is a model for a small little trophy, <laughs> yes. Stephen, like you look at a small trophy and say that must be like two size, an actual model. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, he say it the way you said it. He's not a midget. He's a midget dwarf. Very and he poses for trophies. Yeah, like, that was yeah he was this big. He was the guy who posed for trophies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really flattered. That's great that you that you love it like that. Yeah, but man. If you ask me how my style. I mean, I just wrote jokes. I went to the comedy club to a mm-hmm. uh, open mic, and then I thought I'm going to come back in two weeks. So I wrote things in that two weeks, and for some reason they came out like little jokes. Yeah, and then I just said them. You know, and this is how I talk. So accidentally, that type of joke with how I speak merged and it was just an ad there was no like oh there was no plan like I'll do it like this and then I'll do this and it was in Boston there was no show business in Boston so there was nobody to say you gotta talk louder and you gotta make sell stories we were all left on our own and we just very distinct comedians and Dennis Leary and Bobcat Goldthwait yeah. and Paul Poundstone and Kevin Meany and uh, 
Steve Sweeney and Lenny Clark and well, now you got Bill Burr, who is his, oh, his, Burr. his New England you as know, they come. Yes, yes. I mean, I love yeah, Bill. He's he's brilliant. That guy for sure. Stephen, how'd you get involved with Half Baked, where you famously played the, the guy on the couch? Um, it was a talk show on at midnight to one in the morning. And I think Bob Costas was the host, mm-hmm. and then one time Dave Chappelle was the guest host, and I was his guest. So when the show was over, I said, yeah, we should be in a movie together. And he said, oh, I'm making a movie right now. Do you want to be in it? I said, "Uh, yeah, all right. That's how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) All because Bob Costas went on vacation. (laughs) That was later. See? That was later. I didn't. I, and you were. And you're the voice in, of the DJ in the in Reservoir Dogs, right? Dogs, yeah. What did did uh, Tarantino just reach out to you? No. What happened was <laughs> there's all these flukes. I made a short film called The Appointments of Dennis Jennings, yeah. directed by Dean Parasol and Sally Menke. She edited the movie, and then a few years later, she was editing Reservoir Dogs, and. She was talking to him. They had the concept of the guy on the radio, but they didn't have the voice. And she just said, how about Stephen Wright? Because I was friends with her for a few years. And he said, oh, yeah, I like that. See how all these accidents. And it all works out. And I'm so thrilled that you were out here in Los Angeles on your book tour. Again, everybody, check out Harold. Uh, Get it. You can pre-order it right now. And the books come out. um, Harold comes out on May 16th. Pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You bet it. Absolutely. I'm glad that TJ got to meet somebody whose work he was ripping off as a child. I definitely stole. I definitely (laughs) stole out your jokes and 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 I thank you for it. And uh, and I and I'm I'm thrilled that I was able to uh, add on to uh, one of your favorite jokes. Tremendous. That's (laughs) tremendous. I mean, there's different types of batteries that Grandpa could be, or your father could be. Uh, Thank Steve, you for having me. Thank you, you very much. Absolutely. Everybody, check out Harold May 16th and get it uh, right now. You can pre-order it. Stephen Wright right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Back here, we uh, are here on the Rich Eisen Show studio. Noble is a training brand for people who work hard and don't believe in excuses. Noble's performance footwear, apparel, and accessories are worn by some of the fittest athletes on earth. And they're now the official combine training partner of the NFL and the official on-field supplier of apparel and headwear for the NFL scouting combine. Head to Noble, head to nobleproject.com slash NFL to see how Noble forever changed the NFL combine. And you can shop for football, training essentials, and more great gear for your day-to-day workouts. And Noble sponsoring a segment that we debuted today with John Beck, the throwing coach. 
From the Combine to the Draft, I'm going to profile a few players' journeys from the physical and mental tests of the Combine all the way to hearing their name and that thrilling moment for them when the picks get announced in Kansas City during the draft in a couple of Thursdays from now. So check us out uh, every single day on the Rich Eisen Show or our Twitter feed or YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show at Rich Eisen Show on Twitter for all the videos that we're going to be creating from the Combine to the Draft, sponsored by Noble. Um, so Yankees and Guardians playing right now. Bottom one, runners on second and third, one out for the Guardians. Pop fly, center field. Aaron Hicks comes in, makes a dive and grab, throws to second, double play. Everybody runs off the field. And then during the inning changeover, the umpires get together and the replay that is shown shows Hicks did not catch the ball. That's a fact. Hicks did not catch the ball, but the way that he grabbed it, his body when he came, you know, went ass over tea kettle, kind of hit it from the second base umpire, Larry Vanover, who's the crew chief. And uh, what it appears to be, and the initial thought, was that the umpires reviewed it without the Guardians requesting it because they saw the replay. And as of right now, we're going to find out after the game, it does look like the Guardians did challenge it, but you only get 15 seconds to challenge. But because yeah. it was the end of the inning, I guess they didn't start the clock or they didn't know if it was 15 seconds or because they allowed the challenge to take place. And after further review, everybody come back out. Not only is the inning not over, two runs are in. And Aaron Boone gets thrown out on the spot. <laughs> Instant ejection. Yeah. And the Guardians wind up taking a 3 nothing lead. And the game's now currently 3-2. Uh, 3-2, yeah. Still. And if the... I'm assuming the Yankees are going to protest this thing because either the, the umpires... The initial thought was the umpires used the in-stadium stu- replay to reverse their call. They eventually got the call right. The question is, is how did they get there? Right. You get 15 seconds to challenge, and the the pitch clock, it's it's tough on the video crews to turn it around and take a look at it. Hicks did not catch the ball. That is not in dispute. And we don't know. There's no baseball sky judge, right? No way. No, 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 no. no, no, no. You have to. You see, you always see in the, you you see the manager turn around to somebody who immediately gets on the phone, and the the guy guy who's on the phone is talking to a video replay person who either says challenge it or not, and then the challenge to keep playing on is, you know, they give the this twirl of finger, keep playing, or put the headphones on, let's challenge this thing. And you could see they, there's a shot of Francona. He doesn't make a move. The 15 seconds goes by, and he doesn't say a word. And suddenly this thing gets challenged and overturned, and instead of, I think they would have allowed one run to score because there was a tag-up situation, and somebody scored. Steven Kwan was on third. He's pretty fast. I think he might have scored before the set third out was recorded. I don't know. <clears throat> they made a, They might have looked at the replay to see if that was the case. Did the guys score before the third out was recorded? And in so doing, they saw that the ball wasn't caught. And so once replay is opened up, you get to review everything. Maybe we'll find that out. But the Guardians didn't challenge in time. And Boone gets ejected. (laughs) That's a shame. Okay. (laughs) But I'm not allowed to 
say anything spiteful about my sports <laughs> spitees. <laughs> Right? I turn to you now, TJ, well, since you're the reasonable one here. Well, you should be above that, Rich. You you're should be above up. it. You know. you're, look, you're okay. a multiple-time Emmy-nominated. It's okay. It's all right. Even if the it. Yankees lose this game, they're still two games above 500, and we're not six out already before tax day like his team, who can't do a damn thing against the Tampa Bay Rays. Try and win a game against the team that, they, that hasn't lost yet. Well, technically, That'd no one can do anything On behalf against of the, the rest of the American League East, be great if your team won a game. We're trying. Great. We were also yeah. predicted to be last in the division. So He's got the zero, Bruins going. There's zero the expectations. He's, he's fine. He hasn't mentioned fine. a word he's about fine. the Bruins he's that fine. I've heard all year long. I've been to a game. Have you? <laughs> no, you brought your you brought your beautiful boy he here did. to Los Angeles. Don't I get you got the Bruins parlay when the Bruins came to Los yeah, Angeles? Well, I have I have a big Bruins futures bet that I'm oh, not going to talk about. Oh, because oh, it's like Fight Club. Yeah, you know it's like it Fight Club. <laughs> All I know is if you come in with a new set of wheels, we'll we'll understand. Yeah. Or if he doesn't come in, we'll understand. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> we'll find. I will find out after the game. I think we'll find out that they we were just replayed to see if the run scored, and then we saw the ball was loose, and we had to change that. So play on. And Boone, Boone, I mean, literally got his money. I think he came out four times. That is pretty ridiculous, I mean, I will say. Ah, thank you for that. You're right. I appreciate that. <laughs> Strange bedfellows. Thanks to Stephen A. Smith and Stephen Wright and John Beck, who is in studio all hour two talking NFL draft. We will chat on Thursday.